Come on, right? Man, good morning, church. Man, it is great to be here with you and worship our awesome God. Again, sometimes you, well, you will never see it, but I'm back there getting, getting some worship on, and there might be some dance moves being thrown around. Again, you will never see that. Um, I pray that you've had a you had a God awesome week. I really do, and I pray that today is the beginning of another one for you this this week as you come and worship our awesome God, and we celebrate life change through His Son Jesus Christ. If you are new with us, welcome, welcome to Vertical. We love the fact that you are here today. We celebrate that you are with us this morning. We hope that you enjoy your time with us. We hope that you were made to feel welcome and wanted. That you're willing to come back. And join us again as we pursue and chase this life with Jesus Christ. Uh, my name is Rich. I'm one of the pastors on staff here. Welcome again. We love the fact that you are here. Um, you know, we're in week two of this series. We kicked off last week called So Much More. And if you missed last week, I want to encourage you to go back and listen to our podcast. I don't know if you know that we have a podcast, but it's free to listen to, free to download, uh, free to share. Uh, I say this all the time as we kick off series, that we want you to be able to have access to the word, the messages at all times, in case you're walking through as a small group, in case you miss a Sunday, uh, you're not able to get online, whatever it may be, but you can always go to our podcast. You'll find it there on Monday mornings. Uh, but I want you to do that if you missed it, because like every series we walk through, it sets the foundation of where we're going through this series. In this series, we've been walking out this idea that in Jesus, we have a life of so much more in front of us. In Jesus, we have the opportunity to live a life of freedom and fullness through him. But also in Jesus, we have a life of so much more that many of us are actually living. We're missing out on all that God has for us through his son, Jesus Christ, life to the full, abundant life. Because somehow, some way over the years, either before Jesus or with Jesus, we have put barriers in our life. Barriers have been put in front of us, uh, either by our own doing, or by someone else at experiences from somebody else, or the spiritual forces of evil that we face on a daily basis. These barriers are put in front of us, and it stops us from living the fullness of life that we have been promised in Jesus. Uh, They are mental barriers, they are emotional barriers, they are spiritual barriers that get in the way of God's best for us. And that's what we're attacking in this series. And together, it is my desire that we take all these barriers, that we identify them one by one and bring them to the word of truth, bring them to the truth of the gospel and let them be crushed. And let them be crushed and then you, me, we as a church start feeling less like who we were and more like who we're meant to become in Jesus Christ. You see, in Jesus, we have two lives before us. The one that we are currently living or the one that he conquered death to give us. And I don't know about you, but I only have one life on this earth and I want the best life in him. And the base of this series is taken out of John chapter 10, verse 10. You know, we started kicking into it this past, last weekend about John 10. Uh, Jesus says there's two people trying to enter our lives. They call the sheep pen. One is the shepherd that comes through the gate. He has authorized access. And the other are a bunch of thieves and robbers. And they climb into our lives like they don't belong. And they're trying to sneak in to destroy. In John 10, 10, you can see it on the screen. It says a thief only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I, Jesus, come that they may have life and have it to the full. See, Jesus not only set the stage for life, that we have eternal life with him, but he also sets the bar for life. 
Like, this is what life with me looks like. This is what walking with me, living for me looks like. But there are so many things in this world that he calls them out. He says, they are thieves and robbers that step in the best life in front of us as possible, and they steal and they kill and they destroy what God wants to do. And this is the phrase I, we shared last week, that anyone or anything leading you away from Jesus or the promised life in him is a thief. And we walked through this idea last week that every single one of us in this room have thieves and robbers in our lives. They're blocking us. They're barriers from what God has for us. And we get, last week I gave you some ideas of what they may be, what they may be stealing from us, our shame, our guilt, our acceptance, our approval, or um, any, all these things that we may have in front of us. And I ask you to get real with yourself and get real with God and start walking through and having a conversation with him. Be honest, okay, what is it? Take some time to walk through some of the questions I shared at the end of last week. Did you identify a thief in your life? Did you stop and say, okay, this thing is robbing what God has for me? Did you verbalize it? Did you spend time with God? Say, ask God, why is this there? Why is this barrier in place? Why am I not receiving? Why can I get past this? Did you ask God where it came from? Maybe it was something that happened to you when you were a young child and you're still carrying the burden, the baggage of that right now. And most importantly, did you stop and ask God, show me, Lord, what am I missing because I'm not facing this? What, is, what in my life am I missing? The life is so much more because I'm unwilling, have been unwilling to face this, this barrier right in front of me. Did you do that? If not, why not? Why not? We have opportunity right now to choose to live life differently. Time on the clock given us to by God to hit the reset button in many areas of our life, to break free from what's holding us captive. You know, as I read the word, it says, who the sun set free is free indeed. Well, if that is true, why are there so many of us still living like captives, held in bondage or slavery, or feel like we're just behind bars? Because Jesus promises, gives the best life possible, not only forever and ever, amen, in heaven, but right here, right now. And so today, we're going to dig a little bit deeper. We're going to dig a little bit deeper. Open your Bibles, if you would, to Exodus chapter 3. Exodus chapter 3, we're going to be starting at verse 1. Open your Bibles or Bible apps to Exodus 3, starting at verse 1. This morning, we're actually going to step into looking into a life of a guy who's absolutely always fascinated me. And the guy's name is Moses. Moses, most of us know him as the guy who walked with God in great victory, you know, with the plagues of Egypt, uh, that God threw down these plagues and walked the people out of slavery. People also know Moses as the guy who parted the Red Sea. You know, he came up to this big sea and the, the Egyptians were chasing him. And he's like, okay, boom. And then we walk through on dry ground. Or some of us actually think of this guy named Moses as the one who led God's people into the promised land. That's not true. You should read the Bible. It's pretty cool. It's not true. He did not lead him into the promised land. But there's a whole other side to Moses that many of us miss. We usually miss. See, Moses is just like us. He's a real guy. He's a real person 
who had a real life with complex emotions and even more complex life. Early in his life, he missed his identity and worth to God. He was filled with insecurities for who he truly was. And I have to believe his past played a part in his thinking what was going to happen in the future. And because of that, he was selling his life short. What God wanted to do through him was left in a blank in his life. I left a complete blank. Moses was born in Egypt. During a time where, where uh, the Jews were in slavery to the guy named Pharaoh, and that the, the Israelites and the Jewish people were growing and growing and growing, and the Pharaoh didn't like that. So he made an edict to say, now I want all boys who are born to be killed. And Moses' mom's like, oh boy, what are we going to do with this? So he put him in a little basket in an area in a river where he knew the, the Egyptian princess was, and Moses went over there, and she's like, oh, look at this little cute little baby. I'm going to take him home and make him mine. You know, so she brought him home and she raised Moses up in the Egyptian world. And then one point when Moses was older, he, got in, he saw that an Egyptian soldier was fighting and beating on an Israelite, one of his people. And so he went over and to stop the argument, he ended up actually killing the Egyptian guard. And the word of that spread. And so he fled Egypt. He went running. He's like, oh my gosh, if they find out what I did, they're going to kill me. So he left and went running. And went hiding, and then he went hiding in this mountain range, and he married this Mennonite woman and had some kids of his own. And he thought, this is what life is going to be from this point forward. He felt this was as good as it was going to be. No more, no less. This is good as it gets. And he was missing so much more than what God had for him. And then God stepped in on the scene and changed everything. Now, I say it all the time, Jesus changes everything. And then God stepped in the scene in Moses' life, and he changed everything. Look at this in chapter 3, verse 1 on the screen. It says, Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, and the priests of Midian. And he led the flock to a far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames from the fire within the bush. Moses saw that the bush was on fire and did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over there and see this strange sight. Why the bush is not burning up. Genius. Um, when the Lord saw that Moses had gone over to look, God called to him from the, within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. God responded, do not come any closer. Take off your sandals for the place you are standing is holy ground. Let's just stop right there. Sometimes I think we read scripture, and myself included, and we don't actually internalize what's happening. I mean, come on, Moses was tending the sheep, and he turns and sees this bush on fire, but it wasn't burning up. Just show me a favor, raise, do me a favor, raise your hands if you've seen a bush on fire that wasn't burning up. Okay, so that's no one, all right? So, so God was getting ready to do something pretty significant, and he absolutely was. I've never seen it, you've never seen it. This is crazy stuff. But as Moses stepped up to check out what was going on, the voice of all creation called out to him, Moses, Moses. And every time I, I get to that, read through this, this is kind of a little insider to my craziness in my head. I'm sorry. Um, every time I read this, I think of James Earl Jones, like he's speaking out of the bush. Moses, Moses. You know, I'm like, why is I got God in his voice? I don't, that's the way I think it is. But as I step back and look at this, God was doing something pretty significant. 
And God goes on and read, if you continue to read, he says, he reveals his heart about to Moses about hearing the cry of the Israelites, how they were in slavery, his people, and he was going to do something about it. He was going to rescue them from their slavery, bring them out of captivity, uh, into freedom. He had a life with so much more planned for them. And God had a plan, and he turns and look at Moses and says in verse 10, go, I am sending you. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. God looked at Moses and says, Moses, I have so much more for you than you have planned. You thought you're going to be going around this mountain chasing these silly sheep, thinking this is as good as it gets, but I have so much more for you because it's not, this is not as good as it gets. Could you imagine this? Could you imagine God coming to you and saying, I have this amazing opportunity for you, an opportunity that is purposeful and purpose-filled life, a life that you've never imagined before, a life that is full and fulfilling, life that is full of freedom. Could you imagine this? And as Moses was asked to go lead his people into freedom, he too would experience it for himself. Could you imagine this? I mean, come on. Well, let me just share with you. If you're in this room and you've said yes to Jesus, he is your Lord and your Savior, he is saying the same thing to you. That I have a purpose and purpose-filled life for you. A life that is full and fulfilling for you. I have come to give you life and life to the full in Jesus Christ. But many of us respond just like Moses and repeatedly like Moses when God is calling us out to the best life possible. Look at verse 11. But who am I? But God, who am I that I should go to the Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Who am I? God called Moses, told Moses, I have this amazing calling for your life. And Moses turns around and says, God, who am I? Who am I to deserve this, this, this calling? Isn't this crazy? Isn't this crazy? Who here thinks this is cray cray? With me, right? This is crazy. God's calling him out to something for greatness. And he's looking at God saying, who am I? What's even crazier is that we do the same thing. We do the same thing. We look at God who has his arms open wide leading us to his abundant life. But then we look at ourselves and think, but God, who am I to deserve this? Who am I that you'd call me out? Our insecurities, our fear, our guilt, our shame are holding us captive, holding us down, crushing what God has for each and every single one of us. Now, we wouldn't want to admit this out loud, but our identity and worth usually are tied to what other people think of us, what other people have said about us or have done to us. And we look back in our past decisions and we think, okay, hmm, we'll never live up to what God wants from us. So we look into our lives and we see these mountain-sized barriers that have dominated our lives for so long 
and we're so afraid to be who God created us to be. <laughs> it's that like we're prisoners. Like I said last week, looking through the bars to the life that we truly want, that God is calling us to. Who am I to think that I can be a successful stay-at-home mom? Who am I to think that I can homeschool my children? Who am I to people think they'll accept me for who I am because of my past? Who am I to think that I can open up a business or apply for that position because I don't have the, the education or the background? Who am I to think that I, God can really look beyond my past and actually call me to do anything good? Who am I to think that God would want to use me? Who am I? Every single one of us throws those who am I's out there all the time before God. I shared this, this is one of my notes, I shared this last week in my small group. As God was calling me into pastoral ministry, I was saying the exact same thing. As my family were looking at me and saying, oh, this is one of Rich's next things that Rich wants to do. Yeah, you know, he's, he's done all these things. If you know my past, I have, you pretty much I could have done everything. They're like, oh, ministry? Yeah, okay, that's another thing for Rich. And so I started thinking, well, that's just another thing for me. Maybe I shouldn't do it. Who am I? Who am I? Friends, God is looking at every single one of us in this room and saying that I have a life of so much more for you right in front of you. And for years, our response to him has been, but God, who am I? And when this is our life, when this is our response to the creator of all things, one who breathes life into our lungs every single day, our insecurity leads to our inability. Our insecurity leads to our inability to move forward and grab a hold of life that we truly have in Jesus Christ. We become so wrapped up in listening and believing in who we are not, feeling we're not able or capable of anything more, and that this life that we have right now is as good as it gets. And so as we get all wrapped up in our junk, God responds in a way, like he says to Moses in verse 12, he says, I will be with you. As you're sitting here telling me that who am I, why would you want to use me, God is saying, I am with you. He tells Moses, I am with you, I will not, you will not go through this alone. You will not do this by your own strength. By the way, you try to live in your own strength before and it doesn't work out, does it? So why don't you let me take over? Why don't you let me walk with you? And some of us in this room would love to take this next step, but if I'm being honest, you're on the outside looking in. Your step to embrace a life so much more starts by embracing the one who gives it. You can't live a life that Jesus gives until you live a life with Jesus in it. And if you're in this room and if you've never accepted Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I plead with you this morning, do not walk out those doors until you do. Because your life to the full 
is right in front of you, and it starts with Jesus Christ. God says, I will be with you. And this should bring us great comfort. This should bring us great security, great power and strength and motivation. God is with us, busting us free so we can grab a hold of a life that has been waiting for us to live. But if you know the scripture, and I encourage you to read Exodus chapter three and four, again, we start acting like Moses. We walk up to God and start throwing up a whole bunch of excuses. It's not going to scream, but listen to this. 3 verse 13. He says, suppose I get there and they ask me questions. They ask me questions, God, what's going to happen? Okay, he's saying that I'm not smart enough. That's what Moses is saying. Chapter 4 verse 1, he says, what if they don't believe me or listen to me, God? This is but God. And it's basically saying that I don't have the leadership that you're looking for. Chapter 4, verse 10, God, I really can't speak so well. What we're saying is, God, I'm not qualified. (laughs) So what are your excuses? Come on, what are your excuses? Let's be honest with this. What are they? What would you throw down before God saying, God, I can't do what you're calling me to because of blank? We all do it. We walk right up to God, the throne of grace. God, here's my excuses. Here. Here's why I can't do or live the life that you called me to do and to live. Because who am I? What about my past? What I've been told I'm not able to, I'm not good enough, I'm not smart enough, I don't have the education. God, why, why would you want to use me? We all have this list. And we walk up to the throne of grace and laying out before God saying, you can't do this in me. Wait, wait. He can create everything from nothing in six full days, but he can't work within us to do what he's called us to be and to do. Come on, church. I can't count how many times I've sat with someone and talked with them and challenged with them to live a life of so much more in so many different situations. And the first thing that comes out of the mouth of me is an excuse of why it can't happen. Why can't God work through them or change them? And almost every time it's not one, they have a list. And I look at them straight in the face. I said, stop giving me your excuses. <laughs> and they don't like it. <laughs> they get a little angry with me. I can only say that because I too have many times when God has called me out have given my excuses. They've flown out of my mouth. I have my list. And I still fight this. Over the years, God and I have some amazing conversations, helping me move through my fears, fighting back my insecurities, shutting down the lies that are being whispered in my ears by the enemy that's around us every single day. 
And every single time that he has said, I have this for you, in the back of my mind, I have these words getting ready to come out of my mouth, but God. Why is that, church? Why don't we believe that God can break us free the son has set us free why don't we think that we're not worthy why do we think that we're not capable why because we have thieves and robbers in our life they're trying to steal kill and destroy us from the inside out get him out and so I look, I look at the life of Moses, right? And I read through the life of Moses, and this is what I see. God saw more in him than he saw in himself. Moses looked in the mirror what other people saw and said about him and determined who he was. He looked in the mirror and thought, okay, this is what I've done in the past. This is what God can't call me to because who I am. He didn't see himself as God saw him. And we too miss this. We need to start seeing who we are from God's perspective. See you as God sees you. Let's make this personal. See me as God sees me. Say this with me. See me as God sees me. Say it again. See me as God sees me. One more time. And as we start building that as the foundation of who we are, looking at ourselves as God sees us. He's called us this life into the freedom, life in the full in Jesus Christ. We will start crushing these thieves and robbers. We will take these mountains and bring them in front of the mountain mover himself and get them out of our way and we'll start becoming who he's called us to be. Why? Because God's, when God sees you, he doesn't see junk. Because God doesn't make junk. He doesn't see inability. He doesn't see worthlessness. He sees someone who is made in his image who was fearfully, wonderfully made, someone who was worth sending his son, his own son, Jesus Christ, to die a brutal death for. And I don't care what anybody who's ever said anything to you that's negative. Why? Because not all opinions are created equal. The only opinion about you is what God thinks about you. That's That's what counts. And when he sees you, When he looks at you, he sees someone that was chosen. Someone that's been forgiven. Someone who's redeemed, rescued, adopted. A child, his child. That is who you are. And when you see you as God sees you, the excuses that you've been throwing before him for so many years start.
the fall. Barriers are broken. Thieves and robbers, they're the ones put in captivity. They're walked out of the door of our lives. And then we start taking a hold of a life that is truly life and experiencing everything that God has for us. I don't know about you, church, but that's what I want. I want nothing less. Because I know I'm at my best. I know my life to the full when I'm living in everything he has given me. And that's the same for you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. Lord, thank you for (laughs) being this awesome and powerful, unstoppable God. The creator of all things. That to you nothing is impossible. You are the God of breakthrough. And God, as we've been walking through this series, continue to be real before you about these thieves and these robbers, these barriers that are in front of us. Our list of excuses that we've been throwing down before you, God, forgive me. You've called me and us as a church to live a life of so much more in Jesus Christ. And I pray, Lord, that we'll start seeing. Seeing the person who is in the mirror. How you sees them. How you see them. And what you've called them to be. That we can live a life. you've called us to live and nothing less right now church I'm going to invite our prayer team to come forward and if you are fighting you're fighting God working in your life if you're fighting Jesus calling you to himself I, I encourage you to come forward If you're identifying this morning thieves and robbers that are in your life that you just know how to break free, come forward. And we're going to start praying for you, praying over you, in the name of Jesus, that cast those things out of your life. If you're in this room and you have never said yes to Jesus, and you're like, okay, I want this life to so much more, but it starts with Jesus, maybe you need to come forward and say, I've never given him my life. Now he is my Lord. We want to pray with you. As I said earlier, do not walk out those doors without making a right with the one who created you, who loved you so much he sent his own son to die for you. God, thank you for loving us that much. I pray. I 
I pray that we'll take hold of a life that's truly life, that's found in your son, Jesus Christ. It's in his name I pray. Amen. God bless, church. Have an amazing week.